Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Father and Daughter Thoughts Podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Paul. And in this podcast, we're going to explore a wide range of topics, from morality to dating to spending time together as a family and the importance of all of those things. I hope to give my perspective as a 36-year-old man. And I hope to give my perspective as a 14-year-old girl so that you can see both sides of the story. Hope you enjoy. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about attitude. I was thinking about subjects for today's podcast and came across a Calvin and Hobbes comic strip on Facebook in which Calvin stumbled on the sidewalk, tripped, fell, did a spiral, popped up and said, ta-da! And then Hobbes looked at him and said, it's all about attitude. That really hit home with me because I think sometimes we allow things to happen to us and change our viewpoint on things instead of just holding true to what we want. Zoe? So a lot of people don't really know the definition of attitude or how really to explain it. So the def the second definition in the American Heritage Dictionary is a state of mind or feeling with regard to some matter. And to me, that means like it's a way of saying your base opinion on a subject, like your emotion towards a subject. That's the American Heritage Dictionary. I have the Oxford English Dictionary up, and the definition from that is the way that you think or feel about someone or something, the way that you behave towards someone or something that shows how you think and feel. I think between those two definitions, you get something very close to uh, an idea of how broad of a topic attitude really is. That's one of the difficult things about these difficult topics is that most of them tend to be very broad because not a lot of people like to try and narrow things down because they don't like talking about awkward topics. Yeah, it's hard. Having real conversations about things is definitely uncomfortable at times, but a skill and something worth pursuing because if you never do things that are uncomfortable or have uncomfortable conversations, you never grow, you never learn to think outside of the box, outside of your comfort zone. And uh, it definitely inhibits your growth overall. Speaking of uh, hard things, I think our attitude towards things is what makes them doable and not doable. If we're going into an exam, for example, and we think that this exam is unpassable and impossible or useless or have these negative attitudes towards the exam, we are less likely to do as well on the test, regardless of preparation, than if we go in thinking that our that the test is worthwhile and that we are prepared and that we are going to go in and do our best. This is a thing that you say all the time, like when we're looking for stuff and you go, have you checked your room? And I and one of us will say, of course, I've checked my room. It's not there. And you go check again. We're like, it's not going to be there. We check. It's not there. Then you check and it's there. I think that's because you're going in thinking that you're going to find it, whereas we've already decided it's not there, so we don't want to see it because we don't want to be wrong. That's exactly right. I think the the attitude of it has to be somewhere other than it's disappeared 
is absolutely true. And just full disclaimer, your mother does that exact same thing to me when I can't find things. When I've looked everywhere and it's impossible to find, she goes and takes 30 seconds and checks the place that I looked seven times and finds the thing I was looking for. And that happens probably more to me than me looking in your room and finding that thing happens to you. Probably. But then again, mom has a very, she's a very strong grasp on that. It is, can this thing that I'm looking for can be anywhere. So she doesn't, art, she doesn't eliminate the things that, the places that we've said it can't be until she looks there like five or eight times. I think that was a nice way of calling your mother stubborn. And I agree. <laughs> Years ago, when I was buying Zoe her stuff for snowboarding, the company we bought from sent a little slip about their company motto. And this was three years ago that I first got this. And really, I was first learning about the line and staying above the line and kind of changing over and being more positive towards things and trying to focus on my attitude. And it really hit home to me then, and it still does now. And... It reads, attitude. In addition to friendship, attitude is one of the few things in life where we have a true choice. We cannot change what is fated to happen or the actions of the events or other people. What we can change is our reactions to such things with the attitude we adopt. In truth, our attitude can be more important than anything we do. It can make or break families, companies, and nations. It is more important than schooling, talent, looks, or wealth. How we react is everything, and our attitude is the choice we have. It is a choice we make every minute of every day. It is a state of mind that no one can take from us. If we are in control of our attitudes, we are in command of our lives. And that is the best way to live. What do you think of that, So, First of all, that is a very long motto. However, it does has a very good point about how you have to be able to adjust your attitude to things so that you can still be in control of yourself. I... That's what I thought about it. I don't know what you thought about it or if you thought about it different. Did you? No, I think that you 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 make a good point. Our attitude is, is keeping a positive attitude is what we control. It is self-control. It is that self-discipline that I talk about a lot. And I'm certain we're going to have an episode on discipline in the future. Probably. The part that gets me on this is the – it is a choice we make every minute of every day. and. One of the things that I come across a lot in my job is people allow things to happen to them. It's not my fault because he made me mad. He pissed me off. They made me do this. He made me angry. And I'm always, I'm always shocked and I'm always surprised and a little disappointed when I hear people say, he made me angry. Um, I, I know I've said it with you and your sisters before, too. You made me angry. But that anger, that's a choice that I'm making. That's a choice that I, I'm choosing to let you make me angry. Does that make sense? Yes, but it's not only that. It's also that like somebody can make you angry, but it's really the choice to act on that anger or not. Because sometimes it, it can be very difficult to like i get angry at my sisters but i choose not to act on it and that is the really big part so you have the feeling but you're not you're choosing to stay rational you're choosing to stay unemotional about it not to act on that emotion 
Yes. So your attitude is you're not going to let your sisters make you angry. Yes. You're absolutely right. Things happen and we have our, our emotions are real. Um, anger is our real emotion. You know, anger, joy, sadness, they're all real emotions that we experience every day. They're things that we feel uh, throughout the course of our lives. And our attitude is the part of that that we can control. So, yes, you know, you you getting pissed off at your sisters is maybe something you control, maybe not. But how you react to being pissed off is something that you can control. That's what you're saying, right? Yes. Because emotions are, I think, the most, one of the most difficult things to keep uh, keep in control. Yes, and it's frustrating when I fly off the handle and don't keep my cool and then farther into the situation realize that I should have because it wasn't worth getting mad about. So something my siblings tend to do is they tend to get very angry very quickly because one little thing happens is they lose their grip on their control and they go flying off the rails and later then they realize that they should have been more rational and yes the other my sibling had a point and yes i also had a point however i should have we should have come to a compromise well i know from experience that sisters are really good at making you angry making people angry and it's hard to keep your attitude in check when you have strong emotions about things which is why we talk about it which is why we it's something that we focus on. So then when we're in those emotional situations, we keep our attitude positive and have better outcomes. There's a philosopher named Epictetus whose works Marcus Aurelius referenced when he was writing his meditations. Marcus Aurelius, if you don't know Zoe, was the last great king of Rome. And he was one of the few philosopher kings that have been uh, been around throughout history. Um, and he was a... Uh, is very much into meditations and into stoicism. That's a whole I think thing. We briefly talked about him in history. I hope so. One of my favorite quotes from Epictetus, and this is a modern translation, says, "If someone tried to take control of your body and make you a slave, you would fight for your freedom." I think we as Americans can can definitely grasp that. We have this idea that freedom is everything, and we have to be free, and we'll fight to fight to the death for our freedom. Yet how easily you hand over your mind to anyone who insults you. When you dwell on their words and let them dominate your thoughts, you make them your master. And what that's saying is that if someone came to Boston Spa and tried to take us into, you know, force us into slavery or take you in, into slavery, we would fight, we would kick, we would scream, we would do everything we could to physically prevent them from capturing us, from owning our, owning us. But when people come up and try to insult us, we're so quick to grab onto that insult and hold it and take a negative attitude towards it and towards that person and towards the situation. And when we do that, we're just giving them control of ourselves. Because if you have a negative attitude towards something, everything around that thing is going to be negative and you're just going to be in a downward, downward spiral, downward spiral, downward spiral until something snaps you out of it or I don't know. I don't know what the end of that spiral is. Uh, yeah, a lot of people think of freedom as like freedom of speech and uh, 
physically not being in shackles but there's a lot more to freedom than just that like when you let someone uh, take control of your emotions they are now basic they now know that they can control you in general they can control your actions based on how they control your emotions well that's exactly right that's what bullies thrive on right bullies thrive on they thrive on that bad attitude or instilling that bad attitude into you and then they sit there and and poke at it and and manipulate you into doing what you want whereas if you had a positive attitude and you know had a positive outlook on life and at yourself and at everything what whatever a bully could do wouldn't matter i think another part of the attitude thing is when we look at social media and we have people who get on social media and they do two things. They either portray only the good things about their lives. And so when I look at Facebook, I see the best of everyone's life on Facebook. And all my friends have these wonderful lives, and these wonderful families. And it's very easy to compare that to my own life and my own families. And I know everything about my life. I don't know everything about John's life on Facebook. I only see the good parts that he's publishing. But if I take that and compare it to my life, it's very, it would be very easy for me to get a negative attitude towards my own life and think that I'm doing something wrong, that I'm not as good, that I'm not in as good a shape. And that can lead to a whole mess of issues. Like when you start comparing yourself, you compare your real world life to someone else's social media life can lead to a lot of a negative attitude towards yourself, which can lead to depression and body body image issues. I think that social media thing for me, as you know, a thirty six year old man, is easy to ignore because I'm a grown up. I'm confident. I have a career. Um, I think for you, Zoe, it's probably a lot harder. I don't know about me personally. I I don't really use social media. Like I'll go on Instagram, like once a week scroll th through some fan art and then be done but even that makes me feel bad about my art because i'm not as good as those people who are making these beautiful artworks and like that can make me think that oh my artwork is bad it's not worth anything i usually get out of that after a few minutes of looking at other art but I know a lot of people in my school, they've started to shape their lives after some famous Instagram or, or TikTok person. And I just, I don't see the point in it. Like, no, their life isn't perfect. No one's life is perfect. They're just putting on a face. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things we talked about. I talked about with my friend and her daughter when I was in Virginia a couple weeks ago. We were talking about heroes. And people to look up to. And I think it's, there's so much media out there. There's sports, there's music, there's art, there's poetry, there's authors, and everyone has their own social media account and they're pumping out all of this information and all of this, this, this stuff. And that stuff is very easy to take and to look at and to say, this is what I want to be like. But you're absolutely right. When you say they're only looking at a part of their life, they're only putting their best face forward. And so when you look at artwork from your favorite artist, you're not seeing the thousands of sketches that they had to do to get to that drawing. When we watch Tom Brady in another Super Bowl, we're not seeing the thousands of hours of, 
of practice and work and, and effort that he's putting in before the game. When we're watching, you know, whatever movie we're watching, we're not watching the the hours and hours and, 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 and years of training that goes into that person to to get ready for that film. All we're seeing is the end product. I feel like a lot of people like to portray the end product and then they wonder why everybody is so amazed when they they go through all this work and they're like guys i'm not that good i also have to go through i have to go through all this work just like you to get a project as good as this and everybody's like no 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 you're perfect you're amazing you're the best and they're like okay thanks i guess at least that's what artists are like i'm unsure about beauty gurus yes those beauty gurus i think I think the other thing that's very difficult to do is take praise. We're always our own worst critic. And so when you do a, when you do a sketch or, or something and it comes out not quite the way you want, but it's still better than anything I could ever do or anything that I've ever done, it's easy for me to say, wow, Zoe, you're really, really good. And it's even easier for you to say, yes, but here are the 74 mistakes I made on this piece of art, and that's why it's garbage. And I think both of those probably aren't fair. It's it's not fair for me to tell you that every doodle you've ever drawn is this amazing art that belongs in the Louvre. And I think it's not fair for you to point out every single flaw in every sketch you've ever done, regardless of the overall goodness of the sketch. Yeah, and there are a lot of artists at my school. My school is very... Uh... The people there are very skilled in the arts, and I'm always like, I always tell them, oh, this is really... Skilled in the arts. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. No, it's fine. It's just, I like it. I would have said artsy. But skilled in the arts is perfect. Uh, Continue. <laughs> they're very skilled in the arts, and I'll compliment one of them on their drawing, and they'll be like, oh, no, it's awful. It's horrible. It's the worst. And I'm like, what do you mean? Look at it. It's beautiful. They'll like be drawing a Coca-Cola can and like you'll hold a if you hold a Coca-Cola can next to it, you wouldn't be able even be able to tell the difference between the drawing and the real Coca-Cola can. I'm like, how is this awful in your eyes? I don't understand. Why are you talking like this? And another thing is a personal pet peeve of mine. But like, I'll draw something and somebody will be like, oh my god, that's so good. And I'll be like, oh, thank you. And they'll be like, I can only draw stick figures. I'm like, I know that's not true because I've seen your drawings. But I won't say that. And they'll be like, oh my god, yeah, I can only draw stick figures. I'm not that great. You're so talented. And I'm like, why are you doing that to yourself? You know you can draw more than stick figures. Do you think maybe it's because that they're afraid that if you compare, if some third party were to compare your work with their work, theirs would be found wanting. And so instead of saying that this is their best, they're just having a kind of a, not a negative attitude or a bad attitude, but like a plaza attitude towards the whole thing. Like, oh, I don't even trying. And that way, when they fail, they can say they didn't even try. That's a negative attitude. That's not plaza. That's a negative. What is a plaza attitude? I actually don't know what that word means. Thanks for calling me out. Well, on I don't, it, though. I don't I know what it, it means either. So 
I thought you knew and you'd be able to explain <laughs> it to me, but uh, obviously I was whiskey. Then. I think plot. I think Plaza is like bland, kind of like beige, dull, not like not engaging. That's how I mean it. Mm, I see. So if I if they're not engaged in their artwork, and it doesn't measure up to someone else's artwork, they can always say, "Well, I didn't even try. It was just a doodle." Yeah. And then they don't feel bad when it doesn't measure up, which is a very negative attitude to have towards something. If we're going to do something, we should be proud of it, understand that we can get better if we can get better, but having that that positive, that, that growth attitude, that growth mindset towards things, maintaining our positive attitude, even when the thing that we did isn't as good as the thing that someone else did, that's okay. It's just giving us a chance to compare our work to someone else's and grow from it and learn from it. Just like it's okay to get a 90 on a test and not a 100 on everything. So the last bit of attitude I wanted to touch on was the this is my least favorite part of attitude. I think attitude, we've covered a lot of this all-encompassing thing that attitude is. And too often, we parents, and I'm going to speak for, yes, every single parent out there in the world. I don't often speak in absolutes, but in this case, I am going to use an absolute. Every single parent in the world has at one point or will at some time tell their kids to watch the attitude or don't get an attitude with me. What do you think of that, Zoe? Oh, I hate it so much. It's the worst. I don't like it. Like the only reason I'm getting an attitude with you is cuz you are getting you are giving attitude to me. And I and parents are supposed to lead off of example. So if you give attitude to me in a certain situation, I'm going to give attitude to you in that certain situation. It's how that works. That is what I think about that. Excellent. That is not where I was going with that at all, but I like it. I like everything that you said, Zoe, and I think that's probably an excellent topic for another podcast. But to sum it up, if I want you to be respectful when you talk to me, I need to be respectful when I talk to you. What I'm thinking is that for every time a kid is told, drop the attitude, what are we really telling them? We're telling them not to have a good attitude or a bad attitude. We're, we're defining attitude as something negative. If attitude is a negative thing, then when we talk about making your attitude better, your attitude is something you can control, it seems like we're only talking about controlling this negative thing, when in truth, attitude should be a positive thing. Attitude is how we should live our lives. It's the choice that we make every minute of every day. It's how we show the world who we are is attitude. And I think that saying, watch the attitude or drop the attitude is not fair. And it confines attitude to some sub-definition or some little small part of it when really it's this, it's this broad overarching thing that's really important. All right. So that was another good discussion, Zoe. I really appreciate it. I think attitude is important. Um, I think talking about it makes us realize how important it is. I completely agree, Dad. Uh, attitude is a very intricate topic to discuss and is very important as well because if we keep in the same mindset that attitude is a bad thing, then, I mean, nobody will really know what they're supposed to act like. Nobody will really know when 
uh, say an English teacher talks about attitude, they'll only get the get the parent definition of attitude. The parent definition of attitude. I like that. All right. Until next time, this has been Paul and Zoe in the Father Daughter Podcast.